0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. I'm checking levels, because we kind of had to redo everything this morning, so -er. I apologize, Mm -hmm. but welcome. Um... I look extremely blurry on the capture that I'm seeing, so yeah. if uh, we're not up to snuff here on YouTube, let me know, and I'll, I'll have to, like, make some some settings, uh, but welcome, we're a Dungeons and Dragons podcast uh, talking about all things D&D, um, and there is a, a bit of news to talk about, but I think we're gonna, audio levels seem okay? Great. Um, but Lucian, how are you doing? Let's check your audio levels.
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I hope my audio levels are good, showing good on my side over here on Twitch. How about yes. YouTube? Let me know YouTube.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so what, what I decided to do one day is uh, mm-hmm. I have been enamored with uh, the Linux Pop OS um, operating system. Mm. And so I went out, and I'm like, oh, Operating systems totally work like they did when I dual booted back in the early 2000s, right? So Mm -hmm. I went and bought a a hard drive and I loaded Pop! OS on it. uh, And then all of a sudden Windows wouldn't load. And so uh, I was like, what is going on? And Windows has uh, the Windows bootloader, um, which is something that is part of, maybe part of Windows 7, but definitely part of Windows 10. And Windows does not like you having more than one operating system (sighs) on it. So, and it's a security measure. It's 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 designed to be a security measure. But uh, as I was looking at it, uh, oh, my sound dropped. Oh, am I okay Uh-oh. though?
1: Good Maybe on okay. Twitch.
0: Um, but as my uh Windows tried to boot, it's just like I can't do this anymore because the bootloader's gone. So I had to then install another bootloader, uh, that is not the Windows bootloader because it doesn't like it. Uh, and long story short, I had to I had to reinstall Windows Ten. Um, And that wiped all of my settings and all of the software and installations. And Mm -hmm. I have all of the data backed up, but it's the act of uh, putting it back in. Like, I have to reconfigure everything. (laughs) Uh, That coupled with, I had to watch uh, my baby boy today. Uh, I just did not have time. (laughs) But we're here. We rushed
1: and we got it here. We're here. We're making
0: it work. Uh, And yeah, so... Uh, that sure. is the long story of me. But now I successfully have Pop! OS and uh, Windows on one machine. Mm-hmm. And the reason for all of this is uh, Windows 11 is coming out, and I'm just not a big fan of that. And and a lot of uh, subscription-based software is kind of getting frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try out the Linux version of uh, their video editor because it's completely free and apparently it's it's pretty decent and so i was like oh well if i can video edit on linux uh they're already doing a really good thing of of steam um steam for computer games i actually installed no man's sky on my linux and it runs no man's sky pretty good and i was like okay well if i can do that then if i can game on linux i can do all this other stuff um then i would be very happy yeah so that's good (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I don't know if you guys are, are, uh, Linux, uh, uh, fans, but I am. So I like the idea of like stream software. So
1: it's like in a, it's in a flavor. Soccer. So yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I like tinkering and I like a lot of other things. So, uh, I don't know. And it was kind of cool. And so I was, I wanted to try out pop OS and now I have it working. So now I just have to find the time to, uh, edit a video with it and see if yeah. I like it huh. as much as Premiere. Like I'm trying to figure out what Premiere brings to the table For me to just do like picture slide transitions i don't really think i need
1: a lot of that you know the full premiere experience yeah yeah (laughs) it's a lot of anxiety i think for most people just because when you get your computer set up if you're going to reload everything you're reloading your drivers you're reloading any programs that you used to use you're putting your games back on you're getting your full steam library back up and maybe you decide which games you're playing now and you leave some off. But then you're a content creator. So then you're like, OK, now I have to tackle all of the Streamlabs stuff or all of the yeah. OBS stuff or all of the. And a lot of these software, like OBS
0: that. is on Linux and stuff. But yeah, you're right. Like yeah. reconfiguring all of it. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. So it's like a big thing. So it's, that's interesting. It's intense. <laughs> uh, so that is. And boy, I had a lot of projects to do this uh, week, bet. which we'll talk about. <laughs> And let me tell you, I was, I was sweating bullets. Like, am I going to get this installed in time? And I had a yeah. very late night um, Thursday night. I stayed up till well after midnight getting the video ready for uh Friday morning, which is mm-hmm. part of the Dragori games giveaway that they're doing. Uh, yeah, and cool I had video. to get that out on time and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And so luckily by Wednesday, I got my video stuff, Up and running uh and now i have to make a couple more videos so it's crazy but
1: yeah and what's cool about that is that's super d d related for our d d saturday morning d d show because you could actually win one i was going to ask you some questions about this yeah go ahead one of every wizards of the coast fifth edition released book
0: every wizards of the coast fifth edition book
1: yeah and i assume it's at least one of them you're not getting like the different cover variants no no they're not like throwing in all those different
0: uh and and the other thing is there's only one winner so a lot of a lot of people were just like well how many winners are there and i'm like it's just the one um but no it's i don't think it's the alt covers um they didn't mention that but it is every and i and i said book but it's actually product because you're going to get the stranger things no, and I shouldn't say nice. I shouldn't say product because you're not getting the dice and stuff like that, or like miniatures or, or stuff. Or miniatures, like, yeah, you're yeah. not getting anything, but you are getting the Stranger Things book, the Rick and Morty, um, the, uh, the beginner box, and then what was the other one? Essentials box or something? Yeah. Uh, the second one that they made. The
1: second one so, essentials. Yeah. d essentials. So all
0: of the books, including Strixhaven, Witchlight, and yeah, uh, ones Fizzman. that are coming. Yeah, the next yeah. three. Uh, so it's a it's a incredible deal. Plus, I love that. <laughs> there are three books that they're bringing to the table for their Kickstarter that's going to start on right. the 31st. And uh, after that, uh, a bunch of board games, and you get to pick three board games that they want. But they were very clear to me. They were just like, this. these can't be like random kickstarter board games yeah no no like price is like negotiable but like they they're like we don't want to have to like contact all of these weird companies that did a kickstarter oh, right. back in like 1980 and we can't find it not that there's kickstarter in 1980 but you know what i mean right. like right like yeah. it has to be a very it has to be an accessible today board game kind of a thing yeah so
1: that's very cool that's a nice giveaway really that's yeah. pretty big and it's kind of funny <laughs>
0: because they were like i hope this like pushes you over 100k and i was like uh, i'm i'm literally like 50 away i think it was going to happen on friday regardless no of what. doing this. Yeah. but doing that so cool. I, it did push me over the edge so that was well and it
1: tied funny. in with ted uh ned uh from nerd immersion too sir ted from nerd immersion ted from nerd, immersion, uh, nerd immersion, i always yeah. think i always think nerd immersion ned then Yeah. <laughs> he should change his name <laughs> uh so he kind of had a tie in there i thought too we saw some discord traction on it too and i just thought it was cool that you could win all those different books all at once. Cause in a way that's a pretty expensive endeavor. If we just went out to our local game store and picked each one off the shelf, set it on that counter and asked them to buy it. That's 50 bucks a book.
0: Yeah. If you you think 50 bucks a book, but even, even doing it via like Amazon or something, all of a sudden it's like, that's still like 30, 40 books or dollars a book. And I don't, how many books have they made now for five E?
1: It so. feels like a lot. <laughs> Most of them are on my shelf.
0: I know. I have quite a few, too. Uh, I was going... Because I took a but picture I'm of all of probably, my books, but yeah. I
1: probably have half of what they put out. So yeah. I, I bet yeah. they're somewhere around... I'm going to say they're at 20, 21. I don't know. There's got to be a... Oh, yeah? You think so? 22 books at this point? Something like that. The one thing I've been looking for, I haven't really found them. If you guys out in uh, YouTube land or Twitch land, remember they had said they were bringing out an alternate cover set for the three main books. So it was the Monster Manual, the Dungeon Master's Guide, and the Player's Handbook. They were going to put them in a box set, but they had a really cool alternate um, art style on the covers. Mm -hmm. And when it came through, I didn't get it at that time, but I want to get it now, and I have not been able to find it. So if anybody comes across that Whoa. somewhere, let me know.
0: Thirty-eight products, including the box Way sets off. of like stranger things and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Holy cow. So let's see. If we calculate that,
1: because I've bad average. At thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We'll just say thirty-eight times forty. That's up fifteen hundred dollars worth of products that you If can you're win. not signed up for
1: that, you should go <laughs> sign up for that right now. So <laughs>
0: That's pretty cool, yeah. And so, and it, it's a partner shop. I'm not, I'm not in it. I can't enter, uh, no. but that's okay. I, they didn't
1: say Lucian couldn't, so Lucian might be signed. Up. Um, yeah, Don't so go ahead. Him? But well, and if one of you guys,
0: it would be really cool if a viewer won it, because then we That'd could like sweet. showcase. But we probably, yeah. I mean, the contest is going to run for, I think, fifty days or something, because they want it to run yeah. for the length of the Kickstarter to promote the Kickstarter. But, and their yeah.
1: Kickstarter is for for three books that are coming up that they're doing for Five E stuff. Right? Yeah,
0: they're so they. This is weird. I wasn't going to turn this into a big Dregori Games like talk
1: about it. Right, thing, yeah, but, but it's interesting. But it's interesting. I
0: think. So, um I made a video a while back cuz they contacted me. Mm-hmm. And uh basically Dregori Games has been making um these tactical mini board games okay. and it's in their world of Tenaris that they've created for it. And I I I don't want to equate that to Gloomhaven, but I kind of do in the sense of like Gloomhaven's a board game, but it also has this world around it. And the only oh, yeah, reason I yeah, talk yeah. about that is because I'm actively playing Gloomhaven. But right, there's right. this whole world around it. Like they're There's making, lore. They're making yeah. Gloomhaven uh, comic books and stuff. Well, yeah. Tanaris is kind of the same thing. And so they're like, well, we want to make a 5e supplement. And so they're making oh. um, like a book that's got new classes and races that are specific to that world. It's a campaign setting. And then mm-hmm. an adventure and then uh, another like, rule book, I think, for Uh, their unique spin that they want to put on it but one of the things I find interesting is that they are um, making combat rules for pvp right and that is where I'm like we haven't really seen that Uh, and so I'm very curious about how that is going to work and I think they're keeping it slight I don't even know like I think they're keeping it hush-hush just because of that but the whole world kind of revolves around these magical dragons and they've got a huge map. So if you want to like play in that world, I don't know, like a a campaign setting is fun. Like it's fun to get ideas from different settings and stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, We'll see.
1: I think that's very cool. I'm going to definitely look into that. Um,
0: And I think Edward Greenwood's kind of tied to it in some way. And Amy Vorpal's doing some stuff for it. So they've contacted some other people. I feel like I've heard
1: this world of Tanaris somehow. Maybe I've seen one of their other Kickstarters or something. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but it definitely sounds interesting. This is their well, first RPG
0: it. product. They have made yeah. board games, obviously. But yeah. So.
1: Yeah, To show we're not just a uh, Gregory Games uh, podcast show today. Yes. Uh, I did put the news in our notes. I know Jordan had uh, a lot on his plate, so he didn't. we didn't have too much there. But I threw some stuff in. Mm-hmm. So just to keep everybody in the loop, um, we're waiting patiently for... Wild Beyond the Witchlight, 9-21. So we've got just about a full month, and that's going to drop for us for any of those that want the Witchlight in the, you know, our Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I'm
0: really curious about the pacifist mode. Did you hear about that? No, I have not. Oh, so uh, Chris Bergen said in an interview, yeah, you could go through the entire adventure without any combat. And I was like, that really is interesting to me. Uh, we'll see if it's just like, if if your players do this really specific thing, then they don't have to fight, because how often is a player going to know to do that? But
1: I don't know. I thought that was really right. curious. <laughs> and, and do you as a DM have to bend to make it happen? Or is it just logically that just seem you know, it's like the logical... Uh-huh. I don't know way the world would run. I wonder about that. So, um, so we've got that one coming on nine twenty one. Just to keep everybody in the loop, we already know Fizzbin's Treasury of Dragons comes on ten nineteen, so a month later,
0: right before my birthday. If you're looking for right. a, a present for me, so.
1: And we haven't talked too much about Fizbins, um, only because I don't think we've had a lot of leaks about a ton of what's in it yet. Yeah. Um,
0: no, Strixhaven, we, we got you know playtesting material and stuff like yeah. that, but yeah. Uh, I think that Dragon Ranger is going to be in Fizbin. That would make sense. Um, and apparently, they're doing and they're expanding the lore of dragons in general. Right. Uh, to be what are the creator dragons, dragons at the coming. beginning of the world? And you get gem dragons and stuff too. So, yeah. from a lore perspective, I'm very curious because they are, with this book, fundamentally changing the beginning of time. Uh, mm-hmm. Because in the beginning it was like, well, there's a void, and then you know you have like the uh, the far realm creatures, and then that got separated, and now we have all these you know multiverse whatever. But yes. now they're saying even before all of that there were dragons, and there's gonna, there's a reason dragons hoard things, and it's because the original dragon did something similar, and that hoarding created the universe or something. So it's like an innate thing. For dragons, and I thought that was cool that they're like tying it together. Like it mm-hmm. seems neat. I so like the we'll idea. See. Yeah, Dungeons yeah. and
1: Dragons and dragons are your main thing. That that just yeah. seems like a nice, cool fit. So yeah, that's our second book that we're waiting on, and then we get to I think probably of the three, the one me and you are most waiting for: Strixhaven, a Curriculum of yeah. Chaos, on eleven sixteen. So in November, just mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving, drops we could be playing some Strixhaven campaigns. I am very point.
0: curious about this, because uh, especially after talking with um, Sybin from AetherHub, because yeah. yeah, that was a fun video. If you haven't checked it out, it's on the main channel. <laughs> um, but boy, uh, like the, the whole dragons ruling people, and we talked a lot about it last week, but like, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that one. So.
1: so my question came up, the reason I kind of threw him in the notes was, from a show like our standpoint, do you feel like it's better that they've told us about all these three books now? Or should they have only talked about one book at a time like they normally do? They don't normally tell us what the next book is before the book is out, right? They've always kind of keep a secret of what the next book is. Build the hype up, then the next book comes out. We hear the announcement on the book. Yeah,
0: give we it a couple weeks for it to sell, it. and then, yeah.
1: And then, but in this case, for those of us who are greedy and we want to know all the stuff that's going, this is kind of a first where we know the next three books that are coming out, we already know what they are. We've seen cover art. We've, we kind of know what's in each one of them. What do you think? Do you think they should have teased it out? Or do you like just having this big glut of information and now... We're excited, but there's no more excitement to build on until next year when we find out, well, what's going to happen in 2022, yeah. you
0: know? They're trying to keep the hype going because they have that that Dungeon Master Challenge that's happening right now. Yep. I just but they're not doing a good job of it because I don't know who's in it and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. even know the judges. And so I'm like, yeah. I don't. And I, I am subscribed to many wizards of the coast pieces <laughs> yeah. of social media and i don't really know what's happening yeah.
1: the only thing uh, i saw yeah. recently is they're currently building a monster for this challenge whatever that means yeah they have i don't new know how many challenges, challenges were before yeah, exactly. i don't know how
0: many more exactly that's the, yeah. the confusing part i don't like this so
1: <laughs> so there's your D news so now you cannot possibly accuse our saturday morning DD show of, of not having D stuff in it but there was something else i wanted we're big mcdm fans here um i like to think of like acdc starts playing in my head whenever i think of MCDM. <laughs> like i want that shirt that says that and welcome to know, the jungle that, yeah no that's, that's guns N' roses do. it's I'm like thunderstruck or, yeah yeah uh back in black that kind of stuff um he just did their Arcadia 7. They just did their Q&A on. I believe it is out now for your Patreon people. And for those that are a part of his Patreon, you can get those Arcadias. I think you can buy it separately. 6 was pretty popular. 7 is out now. And I believe it's more of a kind of a tie-in. And I only say this. I don't think they're saying it's a tie-in. They have not mentioned that. Yeah, they're not, not working is, with Wizards, I don't think. It, they're just, yeah, it is very Feywild-like issue, number 7. So it has a lot of that kind of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it could be considered a cool tie-in with Witchlight stuff, even though that's not what they were doing. So that was just kind of like my own opinion. But he also put out a running the game video. One of the reasons I like to point those out is because this whole show was kind of inspired just like by um, Matt and other people that put out how to run a game or how to be a dungeon master or -hmm. how to get past that first, you know, session, that kind of stuff. Is really what spawned us 176 episodes ago, and uh, he's still putting out. Also, running the game videos, so to help continuing to help people run the game, even though he's done kickstarters and they're a full on almost publisher at this point. I don't no, even know they, if they should be considered indie anymore. The the types of well, books and that's putting out.
0: that's the problem with like the the indie RPG community is especially when you're making 5e content people are people call it homebrew they're like oh you're using that mcdm homebrew and it's like you know the quality and the playtesting and everything like this isn't jordan sitting at a table making a couple of rules to get through a desert like this is this is a triple a product yeah they're making good (laughs) stuff and i i again i'm gonna quote sly flourish because he keeps saying don't think of Wizards of the Coast as the only ones that can make the official content for D&D. He's like, we need to treat everything that Wizards makes for D&D 5e the exact same as everybody else. So Mm -hmm. if I'm looking at like Strongholds and Followers, I'm just like, this is a great book, like. I'm going to actively use this or some of this Arcadia stuff. You're like, yeah, I want to use the mounts. Like they had a whole thing on mounts in Arcadia that I really wanted to use. And he's going to make a new beastmaster kind of class. And they're focusing on the word companion and they're working on that. And they have some really good designers, really good people working there. Not just Mm -hmm. people that like write a good article, but like game designers that are doing really good work. People that have worked for, Wizards, Wizards of, the, of coast. the Coast, yeah, but James like, Wizards and... is <laughs> the one of those weird companies not weird companies, but like, Matt wants to hire people and pay them, and I yeah. think Wizards wants to grab people and have them somehow promote their products. Uh, yeah, so Sly Flourish I had a really interesting—well, they, <laughs> they do pay him, but <laughs> Sly Flourish had a really interesting thing that he said the other day. Uh, uh, I sorry, I just really like Sly Flourish. He's got a show much like this where he Mm -hmm. just kind of talks, but it's solo. He just talks about the news. And one of the things he was talking about is like, you know, we got uh, a lot of these writers that have been writing for uh, Candlekeep and things like that. Uh, It is his belief that they were chosen on their, for their social media presence more than their writing presence. And it's like, why? Like you have all of these people that are writing really great stuff for the DMs Guild. And Wizards of the Coast said specifically early on, the DMs Guild is where we're going to pull people out to write for real Wizards of the Coast products because that's where we're going to see the stuff that you make. Mm -hmm. But then that has never happened. And instead, Mm -hmm. the people that are getting these writing gigs have a very large social media presence. And I love Amy Vorpal, and she's a really great dungeon master, (laughs) and she's a really great writer. But, like, I think she got that gig because of that. And then I think after her adventure for Candlekeep, they were like, we'll bring you on to Fizzbins because uh, you're going to hit two birds with one stone. You have the uh, social media presence to promote this book, but you also have – writing skills and so
1: yeah and i think we've talked about on this show too that in the last few years they've become a little starstruck they become a little bit of they want to embrace the celebrity of, of the west coast a little bit more than what we would think are their their core community members or their core people that are out there pushing their game like WebDM and all these other people that are day in and day out adding content and yeah. bringing people into the, into the community. But when they wanna do their events, they wanna bring in Vin Diesel or they wanna, and I'm not against celebrities. I mean, I love that I got to see Jack Black on a game. I love yeah. that I got to Patton see Oswald some of these people stuff, that are like, really yeah. cool inside a DD and d game. It's cool, but it seems like they lean more towards that and not enough towards bringing in their community people that go to the, the conventions and run stuff for them constantly keeping the community alive all year long mm. and not just on hey I'm a celebrity and I'm going to play this one D&D game and you know I'm yeah. going to
0: move on. It's interesting with uh now I'm just thinking about it but like it's interesting that uh, here's what I want to say I would be curious to see the two different uh like line charts And so Mm -hmm. one is we get – and I'm going to use Vin Diesel, okay? We're going to just talk. But, like, if we get Vin Diesel, how many Vin Diesel fans are like, oh, Vin Diesel's playing D&D. I now want to be interested in Mm D&D. Or how many – like, is that getting a lot of people to play Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, it's making a lot of headlines, though. Like, you're not going to see a headline of, like, Lucian plays D&D with Wizards of the Coast because nobody knows Yeah, you're never going to see that. (laughs) So there's that aspect of it. And that might be exactly what they want now that I am thinking out loud. But the other side is, like, what if you do get Lucian or Jordan Mm -hmm. and they play an online game? And then at the end, it's just like, man... Uh, that was really cool, Jordan. And it's like, yeah. And I actually make all this content that's going to sell more books and help people. And I have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in the community that I want you to be a part of. Whereas Vin Diesel is not in the community. uh, But he's got a name that people are like, oh. And so when they throw together these games, like the Stranger Things game, I think was perfect. Where it's Mm -hmm. like all of these Stranger Things kids and the, and the, um, the guy that plays the sheriff in Hellboy, I forget his name. Yeah. They played a game of D&D, but like, it was just kind of, if you weren't fans of them, it wasn't really a good game to watch because they mm-hmm. don't know how to perform D&D like a critical role or even like a lot of the Twitch streamers, how mm-hmm. to make D&D interesting. So I would like to see which performs better, but I don't think Wizards of the Coast will do the other one because, yeah. well, they kind of tried for the Baldur's Gate one where they invited everyone to LA and they had mm-hmm. like those streaming pods that you could do, but uh yeah i don't know
1: <laughs> and, and i and i come from a spot where i realized that if all of a sudden vin diesel's agent reached out to us and said hey he really wants to be on the saturday morning DD show and talk to you guys about dungeons and dragons and then amy vorpal reaches out and then jack black wants to be on the show <laughs> don't get me wrong i will sell out as fast and as hard as wizards of the coast ever did to be able to talk with celebrities yeah. on this show i get the draw yeah. i get how you can become starstruck and all of a sudden you have access to these people that we see on TV or on radio or on TV shows and they're willing to come on your show and talk about a geeky topic I'm all about it too so I we could easily be accused of the same thing yep. if those opportunities were there they have those opportunities and they're definitely taking advantage of them so I don't when I throw my stone I realize I live in a glass house. That's, that's what I always <laughs> well, <yeah>. think.
0: And <laughs> it's it's interesting because you are, let's like, what if we had, yeah. uh, you know, like someone like, I don't know, Sly Flourish is, is kind of well known, but like, I yeah. really think that. I'm going to reach
1: out to Sly. I think we can get him on. This yeah, show.
0: we could. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's really awesome. Um, I, I really like Justice Armin, and he's a really good writer. He does a lot of cool things. But if someone came to you and they're like, you're going to have Matthew Lillard or Justice Armin on which one, but you have to choose one, you kind of know who you're going to choose. You do. Even though, I don't know, or Jack Black (laughs) might be better because it's like, you know, I still want to choose Jack Black even though Justice would be a a way better uh d and d discussion because jack black doesn't know d and d as well so
1: yeah yeah and i'm a huge super fan of jables um yeah (laughs) i agree now and our show has done a good job of bringing community members on we've brought big community members on the biggest you know colville has been on this show uh web dm has been on this show all the way down to smaller content you know yeah and we but we we brought them all on that are willing to come on and i think that's been great so but i just wanted to say our disclaimer there is that we could easily be starstruck too. I mean, it would be easy for stars reaching. We're not above whatever else. And and that's (laughs) why I'm not, I'm not, I don't begrudge them. (laughs) I don't either. Like, and,
0: and it always comes down to their business and they want to make money. Yeah. And uh, any publisher is going to say, how can this book sell better? You know, and they're going to look at you. And unfortunately the world we live in now, uh, Mm. I just know this because my, my mother is actually taking like a book writing course. And nice. they say uh, she's trying to write a book, but they told her straight up, don't use big, complicated words, because if you if your readers feel dumb, they're not going to recommend the book as much. And I was like, that's so sad, because back in the day, I remember like reading books with a dictionary on one side, trying to like, <laughs> man, this guy's really smart. Like, what is going on with this book? But publishers want the book to sell. They don't want to educate people. They don't want to do all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Like they want to make money. And that's why you have the Fifty Shades of Grey that does really well. But you yeah. you have the, the other book that doesn't do as well. Uh, and I think Wizards of the Coast is a publisher and they're going to do the same thing. So if, it, if yeah. a story by uh, celebrity Amy Vorpel will sell more books because of her social media presence, that's mm-hmm. what I want. I want her to do it you know mm. it's not about who wrote the best one it's about what's going to sell better in a way so i don't know it's kind of interesting. so before it's, we move on because you
1: things, just but. you just brought up something that was interesting what genre is your mom thinking about writing
0: oh she's writing um a historical fiction book
1: yeah very cool yeah. i'm interested okay back on track but so we did some d news. I thought we'd branch out for just a single session, mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring you a little bit of Pathfinder news. Oh, OK, yeah. Let's talk about so, that. So some upcoming releases for Pathfinder, the things that they have that the Pathfinder community are keeping an eye out for. Um, right now, you can get their big Beastery 3 book. Um, so they've got their third kind of Monster Manual-ish style book out, mm-hmm. things that are on the horizon for them adventure path cult of the cinders and then in parentheses it says age of ashes two of six so i'm guessing it's an adventure that's two of six planned so kind of oh like two. connects
0: together probably yeah
1: right or you They're could play a, it solo
0: that's kind of smart i like that okay yeah.
1: so I'm, let me go through them and then i want to come back because i think keep that idea in your head yeah. pathfinder core rulebook pocket edition I'm guessing these are a smaller format, easier maybe to use and flip through at the table. I, yes. Uh I could grab it, but I have the
0: Pathfinder have uh oh. Pathfinder one game mastery guide, which is the Dungeon Masters Guide pocket edition. And it is pocket just edition. it's just a smaller print version on uh I, I don't mean this negatively to Paizo, but cheaper paper so that it's right. thinner and it it's compact but yeah it's just like a little pocket that you can you can put yeah. it in your bag really quick so they're doing so you're not lug it around a hard book to yeah, it's
1: kind of like the, thing. the big yeah. the big style yeah cuz sometimes you and just their need to look big. up a
0: quick rule like
1: yeah, yeah. they're doing also the Beastry street pocket edition then they're doing pathfinder lost omens uh absalom city of the lost omens so it sounds like <laughs> okay. a city book mm-hmm um then there's going to be uh the map folio which is coming out there's a game master guide pocket edition with the newest one a Beastry two pocket edition here's the next pathfinder adventure path which is i think like their campaign books ruins of Gauntlet, and this is the abomination vaults one of three
0: how much do they make a year holy cow
1: i don't know um so when i read those I thought well this is interesting. We have two big large companies and we have Dungeons and Dragons who's putting out campaign worlds but they're kind of one off at this point. I can't think of any linked book at this point that they put out where they've said here's book 1 of or campaign book 1 of 3 Tyranny of Dragons, this and then this, and you can put them all together, and that's one big adventure thing. Whereas it looks like Pathfinder's going that whole different route of, here's an adventure book, this one's one of three, and the other one was like um, two of six for there. So you could actually, and I don't know how big these are, if they're comparable, you know, um, Mm. print page-wise or not, Um, any of you that might be Pathfinder uh, fans out there, but I thought it was interesting to kind of bring it up because it's two companies in the same field. They're taking different approaches, which, which is I think probably is cool. smart.
0: Yeah. You don't, yeah. you don't just want to, I don't know, ride, ride the coattails. Like, Oh, if right.
1: they're doing this. But yeah, try something different. But, and then pocket edition. So yeah. obviously their is into that, we've not heard anything about a pocket edition of D D. No. So that's not even on, Wizards of the Coast radar. Yeah, just and yet online it sounds like it should be beyond. Yeah, be. <laughs> yeah. so I just thought that was interesting. I thought I'd bring those two up and I thought maybe as we do more of the show moving forward too, we might bring in more of the the bigger companies, what's coming up for them. So like uh, to well, me, bigger Pathfinder companies is like a logical Monica, choice to talk Pathfinder, about too. Yeah 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 like we we
0: do talk about other rpgs but you're right like pathfinder is yeah so
1: it's definitely within the wheelhouse of you know kind of what we're doing so it might be interesting for you know just to keep track of what's coming up for those guys so i thought that was kind of cool and then you i saw you sneak it into notes which was really cool um and we'll get to that here in just a second but looking at the two routes which one are you interested in more are you interested would you as a wizards of the coast Content creator, as we have two different shows that have to do with Wizards of the Coast stuff. Do you want adventure books, or I guess a campaign book that spans maybe two or three books, or do we like the format that's a one-off book and we're done with it and we move on and we go do something else?
0: Uh, here's the thing: is I, I guess it depends on how big they are, because I I don't want. I'm trying six... to find it while you're saying that. I don't want six Icewind Dale-sized books, Rime of the Frostmaiden-sized book, which I Mm -hmm. just looked at the other day, and it is quite thick. Uh, I don't think I want that um, spread out, but I like the idea of uh, getting sections of a campaign, Um, specifically the uh, Tyranny of Worms, I think it was called. So I made a a video on Crisp, Kairos or something who is a, a a big worm evil god thing and he's just like a huge pile of worms from a worm universe and that story that campaign was released by paizo when they were running dungeon magazine or dragon magazine in uh the 2000s for DD 3.5 and they would be like in that magazine here's the first section And then uh, you'd have to get Mm -hmm. part two and part three. So it kind of makes sense now that Paizo's still doing that. Uh, And I loved that idea. Because you get this, you play it, and then your players are like, what's going to happen next? And as a DM, I don't even know. Like, that's really Mm -hmm. cool. Like, we have to wait for the rest of this to come out. Like, I like that a lot. But you have also a self-contained thing. Secondly, Dungeon Masters steal all the time, so a lot of the times you buy Tomb of Annihilation and you're not running the whole thing. You just pull the things you want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so if it's not if if they want to release it short like that, I think that's kind of cool. You know, the 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 Salt Marsh Adventures were originally like that. Um, they reprinted them for Ghosts of Saltmarsh, Marsh, but originally it was well. Here's an adventure for one to three. And then when you finish that, it's like, continue the adventure over here, and you go get another module, and you play through that. Now we're kind of getting these 1 to 15 big expansive things. Uh, But it was very common to do, you know, this is 2 of 6, this is 3 of 6.
1: Yeah. Well, let me give you. I like me give it. you the pitch. Let me give you the high level pitch on that that one of those books. See okay. if you. We're just comparing styles. We're comparing, you know, like what the two companies are doing, and not saying one is better or the other. It's just the a good idea to see how each one is doing it. Oh, so Citadel on atop Hell Knight Hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you
0: can't see it on screen, but I have a sleeping Felix right uh, behind oh, me. nice. And he's super adorable. <laughs> cat pick,
1: cat pick. So a Citadel top Hell Knight Hill has been claimed along with the ring of ancient portals in its basement. What dangers lie beyond this magical portal? Um, the other thing I like that this says is it's the Age of Ashes adventure path continues with Cult of Cinders, a complete adventure for 5th to 8th level characters And here's a note. This product is part of the Pathfinder Adventure Path subscription. Oh, so that's an interesting thing where you could maybe wizards could do a adventure subscription and then once a month or once every two months or whatever, a new adventure comes out for your subscription that is all tied together, maybe for the whole year or something that might be really fun. And in the comments, one of the people said, uh, from that has played this book or has been playing these, I do find it interesting how it seems each of the six books are focused on helping a different one of the six core races. Hmm. So that's how it's kind of a story tied together and seems pretty positive from their community. So I just think that's pretty interesting. They sell a print edition, a PDF edition, and something called a non-mint edition which I don't know if that's like a returned book or there's been a damage to it somehow, I don't know, but you could buy it. So 24 bucks, 17 bucks. Well, I guess if I round up 25 books, 18 bucks for the PDF or 18 bucks for a non mint version of uh, this, I still haven't found page numbers. Like you've said, I don't know if I want yeah, yeah. size books. Yeah. You know. So, but. well, then it just comes
0: down to, would you rather all of those be together? Like uh, think of Arcadia, like I really like Arcadia, but yeah. eventually they're going to bundle all of those into yeah. into a nice Arcadia like 2021, here's the year of Arcadia. I would much rather have that on my shelf than a bunch of subscriptions. Uh so if if they're splitting it up just so mm-hmm. you are forced to buy more, not a big fan of that. But I thinking about like what if there was what what if what if Wizards of the Coast introduced a 12 chapter adventure that Mm -hmm. the events of happening in the forgotten realms actually created six edition yeah like and so then to get the hype up it's like okay we have january here's here's one uh yeah zris says it's 64 pages
1: um so about half the size of a of a campaign
0: but like what if it was a 12 chapter adventure and it's like okay now we're playing this and you're like what's happening and they're not telling you it's about sixth edition yeah no they're building the hype the the speculativeness every month and then the community talking about it and being like i think this is going to happen and like have you played it what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. and so uh that would be really cool and they kind of did that with magic of the gathering adventures in the forgotten realms where Mm -hmm. the the story of the forgotten Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, Magic the Gathering thing. They released four little adventures, um, of which I've only read two so far. I need to keep reading them. But they're all out now. But that was kind of fun. As I'm like, I don't know who this character Who's the villain? i got to wait a week for the next yeah. one to come out. So
1: Yeah, and they used to do it back in the day where, as a dungeon master, you would pick up the newest adventure. You would play that with your group. Your group might get done with it before the next one was out, and you were waiting. Yeah so that you could continue your adventure in the next one that you knew was coming out all tied together, you know, but yeah. you got to build that anticipation. You got to play a couple of other games maybe for a couple of weeks before that next new one come out. And then the new one hits and the dungeon master has got to be ready. Cause that next session is going to be big because now we're back onto this oh, big adventure. So, like,
0: again. And the players are just like, Oh man, I haven't been able to play my Josh. A. wizard yeah. in so long. I'm so excited. So, so
1: there's something to it. I think.
0: No, for sure. So. I, I, uh, yeah. I wonder if you could do a business model of just adventures like that. So yeah, because our we'll is the doing idea. that, but they're also putting in lots of other stuff. So
1: yeah, I, I think it'd be pretty cool. So it's an interesting way to do it. They're obviously doing it. Um, so I thought I'd bring that up. Um, and then I saw you put in our notes, which was really good. Last week I thought we had a great discussion about. This idea that if somebody wanted to topple Wizards of the Coast as being at the top of the mountain, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to do it with a universal system, Mm -hmm. or they wanted to do it with a new system, was it would it be a niche system? How could you possibly do it? I and I really only thought my opinion was you'd have to tie a good system. It'd have to be pretty good. It'd have to work, but you'd have to tie it with an IP that's popular, right? And I felt like if you could pick just the right one. You could you might be able to gain enough traction to really make a run for their money, right? And then you sent this article. So I'll kind of let you set it up. You posted it in Discord and I was like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah.
0: So uh <laughs> so Renegade game studios, uh, and they are the ones that have uh kids on bikes. Um mm-hmm. and what's the color one that you've played? Uh it's something Overlight. Yeah, Overlight. Yeah, Overlight is Renegade Studios as well. Um, they're creating the, or they're, I shouldn't say creating, they're introducing the Essence 20 role-playing system. So Mm -hmm. Essence 20 is a D20 system-neutral role-playing system that they are going to use to uh, facilitate role-playing in different uh, IPs.
1: Now... Give me one of them. Give me at least one. This
0: is weird because... Uh, I know I don't know about Power... So the three are Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, and yes. Transformers. Yes, yes. Is Power Rangers Hasbro? Uh, possibly. G.I. Joe and Transformers are owned by Hasbro. Because it says
1: licensed by Hasbro. Yes.
0: So we're going to say all three. I probably could be wrong about Power Rangers, but I know for a fact G.I. Joe and Transformers. So now we're going to have G.I. Joe, the role-playing game, Transformers, mm-hmm. the role-playing game, fueled by this Essence 20 RPG system. Now... If I was Wizards of, if I was Hasbro and I have, I own Wizards of the Coast and I own Transformers. Why don't I say, hey, use a, a watered down fifth edition <laughs> version of D and D, and we're gonna slap some robots on it and call it Transformers, and then yeah. we're gonna sell it. But instead, they have licensed out Transformers to Renegade Game Studios, and they're gonna make it. Mm -hmm. Now, is essence 20, which we know nothing about, is that going to be uh, that watered-down 5e that we're all thinking it
1: is? Right. Well, it could be. What Uh, if it's better than 5e? I don't know. What kind of problem are you creating? (laughs) But it says it's a
0: d20-based system. The core mechanic for resolving a roll is you roll a d20 along with a skill die, and a skill die ranges from a d2 to a d20, And the result of the D20 and the skill die must exceed the difficulty of the test of your DC that you're trying to get. So you're rolling two dice. It's always a D20 plus something else. Uh, And so hypothetically, if you have a D12 and a D20, you're better at that skill, I'm assuming. So I wonder if that's how it's set up, is that everything is, well, this is really difficult. Uh, You need to roll a D20. And you're like, well, I've got a D8 in fighting, so I'll try you know, but then you have a Mm D four and stealth or something,
1: but you still
0: could get really lucky and roll high on that D 20. I don't know. I'm super.
1: I will be playing Transformers Um, for sure. So (laughs) we will know.
0: (laughs) So I'll, I'll put a link here in chat. Uh, so you guys
1: can, can read the article, but, um, now it is interesting. One of the things I not, maybe we should know, but I learned, um, usually when you have these shows that are Saturday morning shows, comics, That then got turned into possibly movies feature movies that were released and then they had toy lines a lot of times each one of those licenses could be owned by somebody else right so the cartoon license could be owned by one company the movie license for those could be owned by another company the toy line can be owned by one company and then the comics could be owned by like dc or marvel or image and any one of those, you could approach and say, for my role playing game, for your D6 module game, if we couldn't get Hasbro's toy line to let us use their Transformers, we could go over to the who owns the cartoon rights and say, hey, can we use your license to make our RPG game Yeah. based off of the cartoon show that you put out on Saturday mornings? And they could say, sure, let's let's write up a license deal or we got shot down there we could then go over to whoever did the movies and say, you know, so there's all these licenses out there that you could kind of tackle. And it it was made apparent to me when um, the He-Man show came out on Netflix because they were talking about the He-Man show that they could make for Netflix could only use the toy universe because they had partnered with Mattel. They couldn't necessarily pull in cartoon stuff unless it was part of Mattel's universe as the toy universe. Weird. And they did get permission to use some of the comic book stuff, but it was DC that owned that. So they had to, they would have had to have cleared anything that might've happened in DC yeah. that then wanted to get pulled into the Netflix show. So it was really interesting to realize that a product isn't just licensed to one company; it can be licensed to a lot of companies, and you can approach it from that. You can well, get permission from and, yeah. all of them, or only one of them, and I for think whatever that's, you're trying to do.
0: A lot of people sell that. Now that I think about yeah. it, that's just how it works. So, so yeah. let's say Jordan creates uh, Kami no Kami, the paper god, which is mine. You're, you, none of you have the rights. TM, TM, right. trademark. <laughs> so I own Kami no Kami, the 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 smallest paper god, and. Mm-hmm somebody says, I want to make a TV show. And I, but I, or not even that, like I could, I could say, well, you pay me so much to use my intellectual property, but sometimes it's just like, no, I'll sell you the rights. And so they pay me upfront a million dollars and now Mm -hmm. they own the ability to make a TV show based on that. And I, I don't anymore. I sold it, you know, for a million dollars, even though I came up with it. So what you're saying is completely legitimate. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Where they're like, I'm I'm He-Man, but Mattel is the only so I can only use Mattel stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's kinda interesting. To like sub license yeah. what you bought. So that's what I was wondering. Else. So
1: like yeah. this Transformers, you might be thinking, well, it might only be the stuff Hasbro has access to. And it might not include because there's been a bunch of Netflix shows recently on Transformer stuff, War of Cybertron and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know they might not be able to use that in their book if it wasn't part of the toy line licensing that they had so it'll be interesting but i'm super excited because that's three huge 80s and 90s ips three huge backed up cartoons yeah big pop culture followings behind each one of them well and like you know
0: we remember transformers as kids but like the new yeah. movies that come out that was also a whole bunch of nostalgia for kids yeah uh who are now older and probably playing role-playing games so yeah yeah you
1: yeah. got like beast wars you've got the dinosaur oh, Transformers, you've got so the cartoon ones You they made movies that came out in theaters that were animated movies so yeah. i mean they were big and gi joe has movies live action movies TV shows, definitely one of the coolest toy lines in my opinion. And Power Rangers is just as big, even if I haven't, it's still going strong. All the different shows that have spun off from Power Rangers, are you kidding me? There's a ton of them. <laughs> so if you're
0: interested in this, uh, yeah. apparently last night, uh, Friday night, August 27th, uh, twitch.tv slash playrenegade, they uh, ran a game of Power Rangers role-playing using this new system. So, uh,
1: I'm gonna have to know. go back and look at it because it had Xander on it, Carlos Luna, he's from Roll 20. Um, Kate Wilson is f- familiar to me too in some way, I'm forgetting how. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica Fermi, she's we've seen her on Twitter in the Twitter community quite a mm-hmm. bit. Um, I'm gonna have to go look and see how that system plays, yeah, I think. Let's see if they got that still up on Twitch.
0: Uh, I bet they do. So, because they want to advertise it, so so very right, so yeah, that so that like a
1: lot of stuff. Like, but, there's so many angles, <laughs> and and yeah, and so I wonder.
0: I don't know. I actually now that because I just we just said some stuff about sixth edition. I wonder yeah. if this is also a like this precursor to sixth edition. You know, and then we'll make it a little oh more complex God. for D and D and things like that. I don't know, but the idea that you have a like. I roll a d20 plus my strength, but my strength is actually 1d4 or something, you know?
1: Ted, if you're out there listening, I want a Ted video on the conspiracy that Essence 20 is actually 6th edition <laughs> in mm. testing. Did you go through the
0: Wizards of the Coast <laughs> uh, uh, quiz? Or not quiz, but the survey they did? Oh, yeah, that they have a survey one? on
1: their player's handbook Yeah, one And it's about how
0: satisfied are you with every class in the player's handbook yeah, and that every that ability that class has. So it's yeah, like, it's huge. it was so big. You get to fighter and it's like every maneuver, like how satisfied mm. are you? And they want to know, uh, which you're just giving them free information if you want to. But I, I casually watched uh part of Ted's video, nerd immersion's video on mm-hmm. him going through it. And I was like, that's a lot. I don't want to go through it. So I haven't submitted <laughs> that's anything, Too but, much for I, I believe that that is also a 6th edition (laughs) precursor. They want to know what you thought about this so that they either include Counter Charm in 6th edition or they get rid of it because nobody likes it nobody knows what it does. (laughs) So
1: So, I thought that was interesting when we saw it. I was super excited on a ton of fronts. Um, I'm excited for it. I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. I want to know where I can buy it yeah um did they have any release dates or anything yet i don't remember no, seeing any of that in the article No, it was just like hey we're we're talking about it so yeah so posted by renegade games on august twenty i'm about to go over their website oh, to well, see if they've got anything else
0: release dates yeah on their so website. maybe it's out i i I, I do oh oh that's a june release that was supposed to come out so uh kids on bikes they made a board game out of the rpg oh yeah uh called the snally gank gaster situation uh i can read it's the font um but it looked like a really fun board game if you like kids on bikes uh but i haven't picked it up I had lots kids of power rangers bikes. board games so they must maybe they own the rights for power rangers
1: so yeah i'm gonna start so. keeping an eye on renegades here because i did their kickstarter for overlight which was a beautifully done book mm. love kids on bikes i mean that is that was that had to have been they redid that Vampire come out in 2019 that's right Kids on They mics. do that in 2019. Kids on bikes. Is that when we got it, we went to Gen Con and picked it up right there at the, uh, on the floor, the show floor. We picked your book up.
0: Yeah, you're right. I did. Yeah, yeah. I got was it there. It
1: 18 or 19. 2018, 2019. Whatever I, it was. That was my. That was like, 2018. Was my, 2018 was my
0: first one. 2019, I went second year, and then third year was 2020, which we didn't go because the world right. imploded. So yeah, it was 2018 is when world. I picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked it up because that's free RPG day. They came out with a free like module for it. And I was like, this looks cool. Right. So yeah. to me,
1: whatever year that one was, that was my RPG game of the year. They won. Oh, for was me. Fun. That was
0: so good. They have a post-apocalyptic version of it now too. They came out with, uh,
1: yeah. uh, kids on
0: brooms, obviously. Right. Um, yep. but they made another one and I forget what it's called, but you're it's, it's scout themed, but you're a scout in a post-apocalyptic radioactive world. Oh, and so it's it this me. like survival kind scout. of based game and it but you're a kid and so it looked fun yeah. so yeah.
1: Interesting. Scout Apocalypse. You have to get your Apocalypse badge. You have to survive something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no work, no word on the cool. uh the essence
1: 20 system, which is an interesting name for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Essence 20. So that was the news that I thought we would bring that I was able to gather and I knew that Jordan would have fun talking with um, while getting his system set up and created. Um, Other than that, I had no game (laughs) Um, because we had one of our players was sick. He is in the hospital, so we we were all sad about it, so we didn't really want to play without him, so we waited. Um, Hopefully, I believe he's home now, not that he's feeling great yet, but... We believe he's home now, so maybe this coming Tuesday we will get to play. We'll see. But what about Jordan? So if the computer went down, my only guess is you didn't play very many online games over this last week. Did you uh, play any in-person games over yeah. this last week?
0: So I played, uh, well, uh, Sunday night, last Sunday, I had a the play test for module, Modular mm-hmm. D6. Um. And, man, making a game is difficult like uh it was yeah i got a lot of i got a lot of really good feedback but the more Uh. i thought about that night uh i came to the conclusion after a long talk with uh my spouse and a long talk with just myself trying to figure things out that i'm like i don't think this is ready um for us to actively play it and what i want to do next is uh, refine the character creation so I really understand what benefits I'm giving to people and what I'm taking away and mm-hmm. then I want to I just want to overhaul stuff uh, and it's its weird because it's like you put so much writing into it that you're like, you. part of you is like well I, I worked so hard on this I need to stick with it, but another part of me is like I need to throw that all away and just start from scratch and that's kind of how I felt after that night Yeah. so I uh, am putting that on hold Um, and I talked to my players and they were like, Oh, we'll, we'll keep playing. Like they just want to play games. And I was like, you know, (laughs) I, I don't want to keep playing modular D six right now. I think I need to go, uh, I need to go back to development and see what happened there. Kind of a thing. So I gave them a list of games that I am willing to run. Uh, one of them was this list (laughs) D and D five E, uh, campaign. Okay. And they said, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that'd be kind of cool. Um, cause, and they're all familiar with 5E. So they're like, yeah, we could play that. Um, yeah. the other one, actually, let me go to my computer that works now. Huzzah.
1: <laughs> so I
0: can remember exactly what I told them. Uh, and then you guys should tell me like, what, what do you, what should I, what should I run? They, they, we haven't decided yet. Um, let's see. Okay. Here it is. I'm looking at it. Stop yelling at me um no. D 5e eberron campaign uh dungeon crawl classics something go ahead and take a drink animal uh and this could be like running through some modules um eventually i want to run parallel of the purple planet as like a long form adventure a hex crawl so i was <laughs> thinking i might do dungeon crawl classics using um using some modules and kind of build a story from it or rerunning sword coast uh or yeah this uh what am I? The Dark of Hot Springs Island. I want to rerun that mm-hmm. using DCC. I think that could be fun. Um, Can I add one to your list? Go ahead. Or have they already chosen? No, they have not chosen. So, Azhag. Oh, yeah. Azhag. We could do that. That'd be interesting. And play the music while you're playing. Yeah. That was Lex's game, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> um, the other one is uh, I gave him five options. The third one is Forbidden Lands. And the more that I read Forbidden Lands, the more I really like it. Uh, I picked up one of the adventures Ben Milton of Questing Beast fame wrote. Yeah. It's very good. I like the world. It comes with a big map. Like I think it would be really cool to just like dig my teeth into that system. Mm-hmm. Um, Old School Essentials, which we played. I haven't released that video yet, but we had a really fun yeah. time playing through Old it School Essentials. Fun. Uh, and I want to use the XP actual like award experience points. So people mm-hmm. level up at different times. And I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, and then last but not least, can do you, do you know what it is? Do you want to guess? <laughs>
1: um, what haven't you named this, this point you've named them all hot springs Island, DCC, um, Eberron. Cause you've been talking about Eberron or the drow campaign. Yeah, that she I, I, I didn't bring that drunk. one up. <laughs> okay, uh, for, this is a Monty
0: I, Cook game.
1: Oh, did you tell him you would try to run Invisible Sun? Yes, I can't I believe what I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, but I, re, I laid it out really well. I was like, yeah. I was like, if we do Invisible Sun, it's going to be kind of complicated. I need your help, but I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll see what kind of game they want. Um yeah. a lot of people are on board for different things. Uh, yeah. They're going to come over tomorrow night to to play our RPG. That's like our scheduled time now is so we're going to play on the weekends. But uh, in that version, or tomorrow's night, tomorrow night's game is going to be deciding what we play. So I'm going to lay out all of the books because I think for me, like deciding is kind of hard when, when you're talking. But if I can pick up the book and flip through it and be like, oh, yeah, I want to play this. Like, this looks yeah. so cool. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of flip through it and see mm-hmm. what people are interested in. We're going to make a decision. If we have enough time, maybe we'll talk about character creating characters for whatever system we play in. Or mm-hmm. uh, we'll just play a regular board game that night and see what happens. But, uh, very but cool. Very excited for that.
1: Um, I almost yeah. like the idea that you would make a game out of choosing the next game. <laughs> I don't know how you could do it like in the time that you have left, Not but like, it is a... like you would have them sit down. They build characters and these characters are going to choose the destiny of the or next like campaign fight to the death in some way. Yeah. Like yeah. It's like they have to do Olympic kind of challenges or they have to do crazy things to push the one they want up higher. And then at the end you tally all the points or if it's like a, a football draft thing where everybody's, puts them in, you know, the order that they want to play them in and you do the math. Just something gamey about choosing the next game, I think, would be pretty funny. That would be
0: fun. So Um, uh yeah. So modular D6 is gonna be on hold. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I I think I'm so familiar with a D20 based system that trying to make this I tried to the reason I stopped is I realized in my head I was trying to make this multi-d6 system work like a d20 system and a d20 Mm. you have a five percent chance of getting any of those numbers but Mm. when you have like three d6 you know you have a very small chance to get uh 18 and three but you have a very high chance of getting like eight to twelve and yeah, I, yeah. And you're, you're I was shrinking like, yeah. the
1: variability up. There's the a lot more, of math.
0: The more dice I add, which on paper, I thought that was really cool to be like, no, like like I'm getting better at something, so I have no, more dice to it averages it out. But your average doesn't, in the end, it just didn't work. You know? Yeah, it it's,
1: creates your middle becomes your bigger range <coughs> yeah. because the more dice you add, the more it's going to fall within yeah. just being so an average. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I think players, and I saw this with my players, they didn't get the same feeling of, oh, I, I roll this many dice for this as you, of thinking you're good at it. They didn't get mm-hmm. the same feeling of that as they would, oh, I have a plus two to this. And I was like, and they're also familiar with d d so maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, it got me thinking a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse where uh, you only roll 2d6. You yeah. don't add extra dice. And so because of that, the the person who wrote that system could very easily be like these are your extremes these are your natural 20s your crit mm-hmm. fails and your crit successes and here's in the middle but like you're never rolling more than 2d6 so yeah. that system figured out how to use 2d6 what i'm yeah. trying to do with like throwing more and more dice at it i was like "Ah, oh, it's just isn't as much fun so mm-hmm. we'll see
1: sometimes you do got to go back to the drive yeah there'll so be a go back lot of board Yeah, there'll be a lot of ideas that will still come over. Yeah, but maybe you'll scrap one piece of it and be like, okay, I'm going to try this other piece now. Exactly. Yeah. And then run with the rest of what I built, you know, and see if I can make those things work too. I also like the idea. I know we're over a little bit, but sometimes I think you have to break down what you're doing into its components and then focus on them for a little bit. So like you said, character creation is a component of any game. Sometimes you got to pull it away from stuff. Can we make this piece fun? Just Mm -hmm. this piece, whether we played with it or not, could this piece be fun? And then you could say, well, what is it about um, a non-combat challenge? How do I make a non-combat challenge fun? Do I make it a game? Do I make it rolling dice? Do I make it skill checks? Do I do these things? How do I make this piece fun? How do I make the combat sequence fun? We're in combat. How does that look? How does that play? Is that whole cohesive thing fun? And then I can bring those parts together and really see, did the overall thing come together because I broke them down into what, you know, what they were. Is leveling up fun? Yeah. Is that a core fun feature or is my game lacking in that spot where well, I have all my cool stuff that I built in the beginning, but I don't really have anything to look forward to after that. So we lose interest is being a DM. Are there parts that I'm offering that are going to be fun for the DM making something, mm-hmm. or is there a way I can make that fun for them? You know, or is there not, maybe there's not, but I like the idea that you're going to break it down into its core elements and say, let me look at this piece and let me try to figure out what I like, what I don't like, what fits now, what yeah. doesn't fit. And, and what I was matter. trying like to do writing is I wanted to play a campaign
0: to hopefully just like address all of that at once. Right. But uh, now that I have done that, that was a mistake for Jordan. <laughs> okay. uh, and the Mistakes approach you just listed out so much better <laughs> where you're like, we're going to make 40 yeah. characters tonight. Is this fun? You know? Yeah. And then it's like, all you're not playing with them. all you're doing no, is but, like building characters uh. and deciding if that's an enjoyable experience and if it's working correctly then I would be like, okay, now we're going to move on to the this next cool. part, you know? And so this is, fun. Uh, this is how, you know, fifth edition got uh, exploration completely wrong, I think. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, they didn't spend enough time on like, is the act of exploring the world fun?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: it's kind of not, you know, yeah. and because the tools they gave us aren't that robust, right. uh, but like combat, super fun. Like love that a lot. And they Character spend a creation is super fun. Love that a lot. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leveling up in DD, I still think is one of the best games out there RPG-wise for when you know you've got a new level and you've made the next level. That excitement that you have is better than just about any other game. You know, because even mm. in those other games, you might be able to pick a power, you might be able to do something, but it's not the same feel. As knowing you're going from one to twenty in Dungeons and Dragons, nobody else really seems to have that. But Pathfinder probably comes close, though we don't play it much. But even the Money Cook games, I think that's one place where they lack a little bit. And I love Money Cook games. Is that idea is that my character's leveling up and it and it be exciting and fun and meaningful? I don't feel like they've captured it like Wizards of the Coast has. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea that what you're doing and you know just keep plugging away or taking a break too. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to step yeah. away, do some other things those creative juices will come back and then you'll hit it full force again and you know, you'll keep moving. So yeah. Um, The only other thing that I, maybe we can
0: talk about this next week too, is uh, there was some talk online of uh, the monk is not a good character class. And I didn't believe that uh, when a lot of people were like ragging on the monk, I'm like stunning strike and all this. I was like, they're so powerful. They're so this, like, how is it? Uh, But I played my monk on Thursday. I'm doing a monk in a campaign that uh, DM Nathan is running. And uh, I'm starting to believe that. Like, I was like, a lot of my abilities, <coughs> excuse me. A lot of my abilities are not, I don't know. They're just not fun. And and then mm-hmm. I, I feel like less of a fighter, which is weird to have mm-hmm. that thing. So maybe we'll talk about monks next week. You guys should tune yeah. in. Uh, I'm having list. a new thoughts about the monk class and i was like i i think they could improve this and i i Let's always explore. said that it was really powerful but now i'm like it's
1: ranger bad is that where you're going no
0: i don't know <laughs> maybe okay, okay. maybe we'll it's talk just about not it my week. play style either like <laughs> yeah. i just i just got bored with like hitting things and i'm like yeah i want to do cool magic i'm playing the wrong class so anyway um thank you guys so much for watching We will be back next week. Uh, I will warn you, I don't think our outro screen has any music on the YouTube side because I'm still putting this together. But uh, (laughs) hang in there. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Anything else before we take off, sir?
1: nope just let us know in uh chat and in discord join our discord what you guys liked about the show if you do want to hear more about pathfinder or if that's a bad idea on our part no, we can that all, kind of was, news yeah
0: they uh, they were all about it so uh, cool all right everyone well, was doing. really excited about pathfinder stuff so maybe we should keep talking <laughs> okay. about okay <that. laughs> all right
1: that's it for me i can't wait to see everybody next week
0: all right take care everybody bye-bye Bye.